My name is Wazir. And my name is John Muhammad. And this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fantastic. I'm feeling really good today. We have some great guests in the studio today, so I think it should be a great, great episode. We're going global today. That's right. If we're talking economics, so let's get into it. Okay, well, first of all, we'd like to introduce our guests. Uh, first, we have uh, our international representative, Minister Akbar Muhammad. Uh, would you like to speak? Right. Yes, well, first of all, thank you very much, uh, Brother John. Yes, sir for having me on the show, and I hope that I can add something to the listening audience who's been listening to you talking about the building blocks of business. Yes, sir. Okay, and then we have here to my right, Attorney Warren Muhammad. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Good afternoon, Brother John, Brother Wazir, and your listening audience. Uh, very pleased and happy to be here, and to be here with with uh, our Brother Akbar. That's right. Okay, well, we would like to get right into it. Here at the Business Building Blocks, we are a talk show that focuses on an entrepreneur, particularly in the black community because we believe that we have the greatest need. So this is definitely a great honor to have you uh, uh, as guests to help us further the information to our audience on entrepreneurship and economic development in the black community. And we had the honor and privilege of attending uh, your recent seminar on doing business in Africa, the Caribbean, and the world. And we would like for you to just describe um, your seminar and tour that you're on right now and also give us a, um, a background on yourself uh, as being the international representative of uh, Minister Farrakhan and, honorable, and the Nation of Islam. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, first, uh, on our tour around the country to the Small Business Expos, I have to uh, thank uh, Brother Youssef Muhammad from here in uh, Houston, who has the American Business TV Network. Okay. He invited me on the tour. It was a, a great opportunity for me to talk about my passion, and that is uh, people in the diaspora who are from Africa, who live in the diaspora, doing business on the African continent. Okay. I think that it's an opening there and that we have not stepped into it basically because we don't know anything about it. Um, when Brother Youssef invited me to go on a tour and talk about import, export, and doing business in Africa, I seized the opportunity and uh, we have been 15 cities across the country and sharing with our people and others okay. the opportunities that exist abroad in terms of doing business. And uh, we have done it uh, absolutely free. We didn't charge anybody consultant fees, but the information that we gave out was really overwhelming in terms of what people wanted to uh, know about doing business abroad. Um, Yusuf is very good at it. He does a good job. And I think that um, in America today, we have to look beyond just getting a job. We were brought to America. That's true. In the holes of ships for a job. That's right. Work, but we just didn't get paid for it. That's right. So uh, we have to look beyond, in my opinion, a job, but ownership. Okay. And uh, every group of people who have uh, migrated to America, came to America, and they start on a certain level and they move from that level upward. It looked like that after slavery was over, we went further down because we owned nothing. Okay. We didn't supply people. Um, our own people were very skeptical about supporting us. Uh, when the end of uh, segregation, uh, as it, we know it, was over, it killed a lot of black businesses because when they couldn't go to other stores, they came to their own. And so we want to look at this now on a global level and take advantage of the opportunities, introduce our people to doing business abroad. And um, there in, the, in Africa, there is a tradition with business and selling and merchandising. And uh, selling and trading is a part of the territory among the African people who work very hard. And they have ownership in what they do where we in America, we really work for someone else and we're big consumers. 
and we need to change that picture. Exactly. That's that's great. And um, we we knew that uh, you know we the descendants as blacks in America from Africa. And uh, could you give us a background on? I know you lived there uh, in Ghana, and uh, what is what what was your experience like? Uh, you know, touring throughout the countries of Africa. Well, um, I lived in Ghana for 12 years, and um, my encouragement is to get people to visit Africa at least once. Uh, we have an axiom that we use in our business. It says like this, uh, it's better to see Africa once than to hear about it a thousand times. Right. And we try to encourage people, and especially business people, to go and look at the opportunities that exist, find the doors that you can open to get involved in business, and business is like anything else you do in life, you know, it's a chance, but you give it your best. And the reason you want to do it, you want to be in a position to service people, to make money uh, for your own well-being and things that you desire to do. But people need, what I'm use this term, things. They need things, and they need people who can deliver and people who have expertise that they can um, put to exchange to make money. And so we would like to see that happen mm-hmm. in Africa. We have a lot, of course, black people in America in business, but I believe that the international arena is where it's at, that they have been away from because of the lack of knowledge of it and sometimes, you know, apprehension and a little fear to go in that direction. Okay. Um, also, I know I noticed that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and yourself, I've seen you on these world tours, and there have been some African leaders that you all have met with. Um, perhaps the, uh, I remember uh, President Rollins of Ghana, um, of course, Muammar uh, uh, Gaddafi, and, um, and others, uh, Nelson Mandela. Um, uh, how receptive are these African presidents and leaders to blacks in America, and are there any opportunities for dual citizenship or for us to own land and own businesses in their countries. Absolutely. And uh, I'd like Attorney Warren to weigh in on some of this. Okay. Um, But let me say this. uh, Rollins, to us, is a special person because after he heard Minister Farrakhan speak, he decided that you'll need to have an office in Africa. And this information that you'll disseminate to your people needs to come to our people also. So he's the one that encouraged Minister Farrakhan to open an office. And I happen to be the person that the minister chose to open that office. Uh, And probably because of my knowledge and love for Africa that he always knew that I had. And he felt that I would, you know, try to bridge this gap between Africans and the diaspora and those on the continent for the nation of Islam. Uh, so that's one of the things. And many leaders that we have met with, and uh, we have to approach them and what our desire is, what we'd like to do, what we would like to try. And it can start as a small experiment because land is available. Okay. Uh, the African leadership, they know that they need help. Uh, and they know that the help can come from abroad especially the Africans in the diaspora. So, um, and then there's the legal aspect of how do we do it? You know, the legal aspect of owning land in in countries and on a continent that the land always belongs to the people. And so you buy land in some countries, you get it for 99 years, but you have to turn it over to your family, your sons. And it lasts for another 99 years, but the land always goes back to the people. The people own the land, and you are like a leasey on the land. And uh, so it's uh, some legal things you have to look at. The last point you made is dual citizenship. I always tell people, because people want dual citizenship, uh, they just want the idea of being a citizen of another country as well as the country that you live in. And I always tell them that it's a tool. It's a tool to do business, and to facilitate movement around the African continent. All right, then, brother, brother, attorney. I did have a, a question to ask you because 
Uh, we invited you here, of course. Minister Farrakhan just gave a lecture, Separation of Death. And I know you authored a book entitled A Case for Separation. And uh, really, historically, uh, how does that relate to Africa, this whole concept of separation uh, and your book? I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, Brother Akbar mentioned this earlier today. Uh, at his lecture at the mosque. And I was talking with a, a sister after the meeting and uh, about this whole concept of separation. Uh, do we stay here in the United States or America, or do we go back to Africa or some other place? And what a lot of people uh, fail to recall or, or maybe not aware of, the Ambalaj Muhammad didn't say just one he didn't say he did say we wanted some land here, mm -hmm. but he said if we can't get it here or somewhere else or a territory someone else somewhere okay. else. So that's always been on the table, right, Brother Akbar? That's right. It's always been on the table that we may go somewhere else, and what better place than to go back home? That's right. And, and I just wanted to add. I was thinking as Brother Akbar was talking about uh, Africa. Those of us here, I think we need to do more in reaching out to our brothers and sisters from Africa who are here in the United States. Many of them come here to go to college and study. We have to ask ourselves, do we reach out and develop friendships and, and start to build just mm -hmm. personal relationships okay. with our brothers and sisters that are here? Because they will go back home. And I have a very good friend in Johannesburg, South Africa. All right. He calls me his brother. Okay. And I call him the same, and we say we are brothers from a, another, from different mothers. Yes. But I met him while he was here in the United States. He came by my recording studio. I had a studio at the time. But we just exchanged numbers, and over the years, just kept in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. And now he just recently sent me a proposal for a contract for a business deal he's doing in, in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And he's telling me that uh, hopefully they'll be flying me over at some point. So, But it started just with working on a friendship. That's right. A personal relationship. What that what that brings to mind, and, and my son here, Wazir, he's in the music industry as well, uh, Wazir, and uh, he's, he put his music on the internet, on iTunes, you know, so on YouTube, and his, he have listeners, uh, uh, consumers, uh, people, fans of his music, uh, international fans. Mm -hmm. And some some of the fans really shock it because, you know, we, we never visited some of those nations and we look at the report and like in Korea, it's like they, they really love Wazir in Korea. <laughs> I mean one of the tracks was that uh, bad Yeah, yeah, it was one of my songs off my album. It was strange, yeah. <laughs> it was strange. But we, we definitely are international in terms of culture. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure the movie Hollywood, um, uh, it goes all over, all over the world. Our our music, our art. Uh, but the one of the artists that comes to mind that's doing a lot of work in Africa is Akon, and uh, we've seen those uh, the work that he's doing with Solar. And uh, I don't know, Brother Akbar, if you if you are familiar with the work of Akon and his work uh, with Solar, bringing uh, electric power to rural Africa. Right. Could you, could you speak on that? Well, um, Akon is the brother from Senegal, right? right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say that the brother made a name for himself and made money in the music industry. But look at what he did with his money. He went back home, mm -hmm. and he wanted to bring uh, electric power, solar power to his country and his people uh, because he was blessed to make the money. And that's a lesson that other people in the entertainment field and also the sports figures can do because it's needed. Mm -hmm. um, Manute Bowl, he did the same thing. Uh, took his money and spent it back home. Uh, Matembo, he was... In, in, he played for the Rockets. Yeah. Yes. He did the same thing, um, taking, going back to Africa, uh, schools, and spending his money there. And uh, because in Africa, they follow our lead in terms of art and culture, when it comes to music, it's no doubt about it. The impact of hip hop on the African continent is like unbelievable.
but the brothers who are able to do it, some of them have never even been to Africa. And then they need to do more uh, than go to Africa and do a big show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all in the papers and everything, but do nothing with the people or invite some people from here who can add, bring something to the table in Africa. And I think that that's very important, but they have to be conscious. It's almost like the movement in football now. See, because some brothers never talk, thought about kneeling or doing anything else. That's right. But after it caught on and people began to see that there was some concern for justice for our people and to use their power position uh, to say that we won't tolerate this anymore, the cultural giants that we are blessed with need to use their fame, notoriety, and, and their money to do some champion uh, for our people, you know, for those in pain and stand up for them and so forth. So, I mean, that's the way I see it with right. young artists. Young artists have to be conscious. If they're not okay. conscious, they'll make money and buy a lot of bling, you know, and run after women and get all kind of anti-social activities going on because of their fame and their money. But conscious brothers and sisters will do something about the plight of black people worldwide. All right, there. I, 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 I'm excited about the work that uh, Akon is doing, and also I noticed that Minister Farrakhan had been meeting with a lot of American uh, rap artists like Rick Ross and, and Jay-Z and, and others, and you can start seeing the influence in the lyrics and the content of the music. Um, and uh, also another uh, showing us, and not the same old stereotypes, uh, but I, will, I know both of you are very astute in history. So I, th- I think we would like to uh, go into the history of independence because if we talk about separation, I would think that we are heading toward uh, sovereignty. Uh, I know we, uh, and we'll talk about it when we talk about sponsorship, the economic blueprint where Minister Farrakhan is leading us to acquire farmland. But uh, could you talk about um, the need for land as a part of being independent? And um, is it, for one thing, uh, is that a pipe dream for us to be independent? <laughs> and what type of historical examples could you uh, give of, of uh, independence movements? Well, I'll uh, take something that Brother Akbar said earlier today that, that really sums it up. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that it would happen. Okay. It's going to happen. That's right. <laughs> that's right. He said it's going to happen. Now, law is, that's a law's will. Okay. That we become independent. But uh, that was part of the reason I, I assembled uh, this group of lectures that uh, is entitled under this book of The Case for Separation. Because as, a, as an attorney, I've come across so many situations where I saw separation pop up. Okay. You know, going back into the history of the United States when uh, Abraham, President Abraham Lincoln, you know, even going back to Thomas Jefferson, they talked about separation. They knew that the races could not and would not get along. Okay. And Thomas Jefferson talked about it clearly that uh, at some point, that there's a need for both would be better off being separate. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln uh, supported the American Colonization Society, which was uh, organized to send blacks from the United States back to Africa. And I think it resulted in um, the establishment of Liberia okay. and uh, I think Sierra Leone as well. Separation has always been on the table not just among black people, but mm-hmm. it's something that white people have always entertained as well. <laughs> oh, really? So basically, black people have been led to believe in just assimilation and integration. So to many, quote-unquote, the so-called Negro, it's a pipe dream. Right. But it, it's not a pipe dream. It's something that has been discussed. Different uh, elements of it has been implemented. Mm-hmm. And so it's always been on the table. And I think it's definitely something that, that needs to be, there needs to be dialogue about it. We need to be talking about this every day. Right. Uh, Brother Akbar, I know you know a lot about the farming of, of the United States and, 
and what happened in the Caribbean. Uh, could you give us some background on Haiti and the connection between uh, Louisiana, the state of Louisiana, and Haiti and its independence? Yeah. Um, before I do that, I just want to mention that the discussion of separation is something that has to go on. People have to be, they need what in, the, in your industry, they call them talking points. Okay. If, if our brothers and sisters in the nation and those who are not in the Asian nation see that separation is viable, it's something we have to try, the Trump people would love it. Mm -hmm. You know, when he was campaigning, remember one of the fights in one of the campaign stops, and the white people were hollering at the demonstrators, the black demonstrators, go back to Africa. Right. See, and, and that's their thinking, you know, leave here. So I think that the discussion has to take place. And someone like Attorney uh, Warren, who wrote this book about it, has to help the brothers and sisters who's out there talking about it to have talking points, explaining it to them. And then we need to have discussion with African leaders to talk about should it be an option of going back to Africa? And it's not all 50 million of us going at one time, right. but some people going to set the base. So it has to, you know, look, be looked at that way. Now, to segue to uh, Haiti, uh, I'm not a specialist on Haiti, but I know a little about it. Okay. Um, the first thing, it was the first slave... A nation that fought the master and became free and independent, which is very important to understand. During the time that the French were defeated by uh, the armies there, the Toussaint L'Overture and those who struggled, and it just so happens that the root of the struggle started by uh, two men who worked with him and fought with him, um, Bookman. And, you know, he's the man that got the name because he always carried a book, and the book that he carried was the Holy Quran. Okay. And Mackendell, another one uh, who was a, a fighter, and they, these were Muslims. Um, and uh, they rebelled against the French. They defeated Napoleon's army, 60,000 soldiers that he sent there. And uh, once they drove them out, then a lot of the uh, uh, slave owners there fled to Louisiana because remember all of that at one time you know belonged to the French yeah and they went to Louisiana and they took some of their slaves with them but these slaves were very expensive so that there was terminology that came out that when they were pricing something they said this is more expensive than a Negro's head mm. because the prices that these slaves were uh, getting who came from Haiti but Haiti, uh, quite naturally, uh, the mistake is your trust of an enemy. And Napoleon allowed them to deceive him that he's going to France to uh, meet and negotiate with Napoleon and so forth. And as soon as they got him out to sea, they locked him up, took him, made him a prisoner, and he died in a prison in, in France. And uh, But the country has suffered, no doubt. I've been there three times. And Haiti has been through it, but not only with the earthquake, but the political dynamics of the country, and she was neglected. The whole island of Hispaniola was ruled by the Haitians before it was broken up with the Dominican Republic. And the, the Haitians were pushed in the background in terms of a country in the Caribbean. And uh, there are many brilliant Haitians. I mean, they work in West Africa, they come to America, they become doctors, but the level of poverty and the number of people uh, in Haiti, most people say they have 10 million people always trying to suppress the number lower than the Dominican Republic, which is a part of the island of Hispaniola. But I believe that the Haitians may be 13 or 14 million people, mm. and their numbers may dominate the numbers of the Dominican Republic, making it the uh, larger than Cuba in terms of population and being the most populated country in the Caribbean. I can't call it an island because it's on a part of an island. There's two countries on that island. But um, Haiti deserves some attention, and it's another place that we can work with the people of Haiti as black Americans. Okay. 
And, and I'd like to uh, go ahead. You had something to add? I was just thinking as we were talking about Haiti, uh, I think we talked about it the last time I was yes. here. When we talk about reparations uh, for black people, France imposed reparations yeah. on Haiti for yeah. the loss of their slaves. That's right. So yeah. this, this, this whole subject of reparations is not just something new. That's yeah, you know, that was in my mind is that I wanted to know how could we sustain ourselves. And, and, and we talk about black, black rule and, and Haiti is in poverty. And a lot of African nations who now, after uh, colonialism or decolonialism, they fought revolutions and got their independence, but they suffer economically. So how could we sell this idea of independence to blacks in America? Are we going to suffer uh, more as being independent? And uh, because black rule doesn't necessarily mean prosperity. If we look at uh, South Africa, after uh, South Africans got uh, apartheid abolished, and Nelson Mandela is president, and others now as president, seems like the wealth is still in the hands of the whites. And, and throughout uh, Africa, that's all of these resources we talk about, all uh, um, diamonds, gold, um, even agricultural products. But how can we have starvation if the continent is rich, but the people, even with black rule, are suffering? Um, uh, attorney, let me take this. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, there is a uh, country in West Africa, uh, Guinea, and when you say Guinea, you have to be in this three Guineas in Africa, Guinea-Bissau, Guinea-Conakry, Equatorial Guinea, but this is Guinea-Conakry. Uh, it was uh, ruled by a man named Sekou Touré, and uh, when the French, when the, the winds of independence begin to blow across Africa uh, in 1960, 17, that year, 17 African nations became independent. But in 58, a year after Ghana got its independence, um, Guinea was lobbying for independence, and France tried to make a deal with all of the French West African countries that uh, you would become a part of like a French community, a commonwealth. And that, in other words, in France would look out for you. But Sekou Touré is, is, is like, he said that, it's like asking me, uh, do I want to go free or do I want to remain a slave? And he voted no. He didn't want to be a part of that community. The French came in and stripped him of everything. They took their cars, they took the telephone lines, and they said that we'll have him on his knees in a year. In other words, they won't make it without us. But Guinea did make it. Guinea struggled through it, and Guinea made it. And I'm saying that the same thing with our people. And when you say people don't want to go, you know, they're going to suffer and so forth. So it's like asking me, should I stay here and continue the mistreatment that we have been receiving since the day we put our feet on this soil? Or should I take this opportunity and go for myself? That's what it's like asking. Of course, there's going to be some hardship. It's not going to be what you know today, but it's going to be building a new reality for ourselves and our children. That why should our children grow up in a country? Slavery was so-called over in 1865. I mean, 63 really implemented in 65. But look at how we have suffered. Things, they said, well, things have improved. We're educated. But our human dignity our mindset, and in our mind, the only reason that we're treated the way we are is because of the color of our skin, and it's like a badge of dishonor. You almost expect to be mistreated or disrespected. So in our, in our own society, that would not exist, us as a people. We're going to have some difficulty, but I think that the conversation needs to be put on the table. Of course, there are people say, oh, that's ridiculous. Some people say, I'm not going nowhere with a bunch of black people. They'll use the other word, though. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and you you kidding me? In other words, you you think that you can't live at peace with your brother and sister, then you got to have a white man in there to help you to even mm -hmm. get along with one another. It's the same mentality that they have with the police, that police our community. 
It's like a giant playpen. They put things in there to keep us entertainment, drugs and this and lounges and partying and all of that while they rule the world. And then they patrol it. And when we create some disturbance, they lock us up. And so why don't we say, let's build our own reality? And this is what we have to do. The other part of it I want to say on it is that we take a, a page from American history. When they found this new land, they found it. They didn't discover it because people were already here. That's true. So when they found the new land, there were a lot of people that saw the potential but didn't want to go. So what did they do? They went to the prison. That's right. They got people out of the prison and said, we're going to give you a new lease on life in this new land. And they went over and they, they settled the land. And a lot of people who know American history don't know the details of that. But we got nearly 3 million men and women in prisons in America. That's true. We're not born criminals. That's right. We didn't come out of our mother's wombs and we criminals and a criminal act soon as we get old enough to walk, there's going to be a criminal act because we're some kind of, it's kind of in our system, in our blood, in our DNA that we're criminal. This is learned behavior in this society. So therefore, we have to look at, are we going to continue this or are we going to do something different? And if America refuses to do something different, then that's another thing. But by all indications right now, they're not doing anything different. They're, as a matter of fact, they're getting worse. They have a president that is in the White House. People don't like me to say he's a racist, but he's a racist. That's true. He's a racist. All you have to do, look at who he surrounds himself with. Right. Look at the crew that he surrounds himself with. Uh, one fly in that buttermilk, Ben Carson, mm-hmm. in his cabinet. But they're all, And they're all right-wing racist. I mean, the attorney general. Look at his history, his background. Look at the Bannum and those that he brought in from... Uh, uh, the the alter right people, mm-hmm. all of those people, and they have no love for us, no compassion right. for us, and uh, it comes out clear. So, talking about separation, it has to be put on the table. I'd like to hear the young brothers. They first thing you got to do is know something about the world, right. and they've denied us that. That's why when I go around, I try to encourage brothers to get an African map, a map of the world, learn something about the world then debate the idea, can we go for ourselves? If all black men and women withdrew from basketball and football in particular, the game would collapse. That's true. And and that's why the owners are fighting against Trump so hard, and they know, they may not say it publicly, but they know he got an old ax to grind when he tried to get into football. That's right. And lost a lot of money, and they really kicked him out of there. Mm-hmm. And so he's now, he's doing a payback, and he's using the legitimate grief and uh, pain of the athletes worrying about what's happening to their people in the street. And, and, and I would like to take this segue to do some sponsorships. The way we do it on uh, the uh, business building blocks is that we just go right into it. And, we, we, and, and since you was talking about the athletes, this edition of the final call, uh, Farrakhan speaks on the controversy of the flag. But we all we use it as a public service announcement to support the final call newspaper. That's finalcall.com and stay stay up to breast on issues as it relates to the black community throughout the nation and also internationally. You know, you'll find articles even about what's happening in Africa in the final call. So again, that's finalcall.com. And we mentioned it earlier. Another public service announcement is the economic blueprint uh, launched by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in the Nation of Islam. And that's, you can go to economicblueprint.org. Again, that's economicblueprint.org. And this is the fund established to acquire farmland as a basis for economic development. It's the very thing we're talking about here. So we just, it's not just a, a pipe dream. You know, we're actually uh, making steps toward independence. And again, that's economicblueprint.org. We're only asking for five cents a day. That's 35 cents a week, $18.20 a year. And collectively, 
we can raise millions of dollars to begin that nation building that we are discussing now. And another sponsor of the Business Building Blocks show is Nation Products. Nation Products just launched their website. It's nationproducts.com. And that's where you can acquire your children's books. Uh, we have one uh, book that we'd love to talk about called Famous Blacks in America. And in this book, it's a word search book uh, authored by Nadine Muhammad. But this book is used at a lot of private schools as a tool to teach our children about those famous blacks that made a contribution in history and to the culture of America. And as those uh, students solve the puzzle, they'll learn about facts about each, each figure. And as they'll learn about their ancestors, like Marcus Garvey, Noble Drew Ali, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, Martin Luther King, and others, they'll learn about themselves and it'll build their self-esteem. So go to nationproducts.com and also you can find Nation Products on social media. On Facebook, there's a Nation Products page. Like the page. And again, Business Building Blocks is on social media. So go to Business Building Blocks uh, Facebook page and like our page. And we uh, also Wazir, who's my co-host, Wazir's music. And um, he stepped out of the room now, but he has an album called Photon Fever. And you can go find Wazir on uh, iTunes and wherever you stream. Uh, the name of uh, Wazir is spelled W-A-Z-E-E-R. And the name of his album is Photon Fever. It's spelled P-H-O-T-O-N. Fever is P-H-E-V-E-R. And there's some conscious hip-hop for you. And... <laughs> And he has an announcement when he comes back. He just released a new single uh, called Becoming. Wazir Becoming. And hopefully at the end of the show, we can play excerpts of that. So let's get back into it. Uh, a case for separation. <laughs> we don't want to leave that. But uh, I like to uh, tie it to economics. Because, again, we have black faces in high places. Because we had a black president and Barack Obama. So we have black elected officials, but somehow we have not realized all of our freedoms and all our civil rights. And uh, could you uh, give a, a background on that in terms of economics? Yes. <clears throat> that was something I thought about while uh, Brother Akbar was speaking on, on uh, the hardships that might be associated with, with separation. And uh, Brother Akbar, I, I've never traveled, traveled a few places in the United States, but I haven't gone too far past my neighborhood or acres home. <laughs> but that's why I believe in reading so much, because through reading, I've traveled all over the world that's right. and met all kinds of people. One of the things that came to my mind when you were speaking was uh, a book I read called uh, My Life uh, by Fidel Castro. And in that book, uh, Castro talked about how um, the United States had this embargo on Cuba, but they were able to make it because they had a, a trade and business relationship with Russia. But then he talked about after the fall of the, of the Soviet Union, that trade with Russia was drastically uh, diminished, and they were faced with what do we do now, how do we even survive Castro talked about how they uh, entered into what they call the special period. And they actually called it the special period. And he exhorted the Cuban people to take pride in this special period in which they would prove to the world that they could be become self-sufficient and survive in spite of the embargo, in spite of the fall of the, the Soviet Union. So rather than being fearful of the hardship, this is what impressed me about it. Rather than being afraid of the hardship, they embraced the hardship of this special period and found ways to diversify the economy and to not only survive but to, to stabilize their economy. So I just said that to point out we have to we just can't be scared. Yeah. You know, we have to stop being scared. Don't yeah. be cowards. Right. If we sure right. it's gonna be some hardships. If we're going through hardships now. That's true. 
We're getting killed in the streets now. We don't have jobs. We don't have, yeah. we have poor education. So what's the difference? We have to just not be afraid and embrace the hardships that might come with separation and freedom and independence and being a stand for ourselves. And that's what, what came to my mind as you were speaking about this special period that they went through and how they, they didn't run from it. They embraced it. Great. Right. I mean, what, what, I, what brings about my mind in terms of separation, the, third, the original colonies of the United States, the 13 colonies, they were they wasn't the United States. They were they were part of Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So if uh, America was established by fighting a revolutionary war with Great Britain to get their independence, then they were separatists. They were separatists. Right. So um, that's why I was trying to make it not look so so foreign, like it's a pipe dream. Um, do you have other examples of, uh, or, or could you go further into that? Like independence is a phase of nation building that other nations have, uh, other groups of people have fought for. And what brings to mind is Israel. Israel wanted their own state after uh, Hitler during the World War II. And the state of Israel was de- developed. So is that, is that something that's, that's done with other groups of people, and uh, how does that relate to black Americans? Well, uh, let me say the biggest example is the American Revolution and uh, the very fact that the uh, people of the 13 colonies here in America felt that they were being abused by King George and the English crown, uh, that there was no justice, they were insensitive to their needs and what they were struggling with. And uh, the Boston Tea Party, um, that they never call it a riot. Um, That's what they do to us when we rebel against mistreatment. They call it a riot, you know, and burning things down. But those uh, people who were persecuted wanted to protest to England, so they threw the tea into the water, and they didn't take the tea and take it home and they were going to drink it but it was their form of protest. Uh, during the Ferguson uh, uh, outbreak, rebellion, I call it, because that's what it was. Yes. You know, and we need to get rid of using the language that they fixed to it, calling it that looting and right. riotous. Instead of saying people who rebelled, that's true. they couldn't stand the oppression any longer, and they rebelled against the authorities. And so during the Ferguson um uh, uprising, you saw that the brothers went into a car shop and stole some rims, or I should say, liberated some rims <laughs> out of the out of the uh, right. car shop, and uh, they were showing it again and again on on television. And the brother didn't even have a car, so right. so I'm saying just like the people with the tea, it was a form of their protest. This very expensive British tea that was sitting in the harbor, they threw it. In, in the river as to say we are protesting. And the protest reached the point that they had to rebel against King George so that they could have their own separate piece of land. And so the lessons in history are full, and we have been mistreated for a long time. Mm-hmm. Some people, you, it's like breaking a horse. Uh, they're broken. They're completely broken. Mm-hmm. And whatever the master said, he said, yes, uh, I don't want no trouble. You know, I, I can't get out of my mind the night that police car in that movie that I talked about in one of my lectures. I think maybe it was in Dallas. But the police pulled him over. Mm-hmm. He was in the car with his wife. And the policeman feel, went up his wife's dressing. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and uh, then the brother was so fearful of going to jail. He said, you want us to go to jail? Hell yeah. I want to go to jail because if he put his hands on my wife like that, he was either going to shoot me or lock me up. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the, the strength that we have to show when it comes to this question of separation. There has to, everybody can't be on point and everybody can't do the same thing. Uh, some people can't talk up on it. You know, they got some security issues in their job, but there are some men and women who know that there has to be a voice that is lifted up 
especially in this hour of Donald Trump. That's true. And, and what he's bringing uh, to the table. And so we have to encourage our young people to see some strength in the older ones and that we're willing to pay a price if we're going to truly liberate ourselves. I want to, my last point I want to make on it is that, and I hope as we um, broaden this discussion, that we take the um, writings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and some of the drawings that he made of this period of time. I mean, when I was young in the 60s, I couldn't see it, but I knew he said it and how it was going to come about. I never could see down the line that somebody like Trump would come in. I mean, right. look at his argument with the black congresswoman out of Florida and the names that they're calling mm. her. So, I mean, it shows you that the, the hour is here now. Right. And uh, so we got to find those courageous black men and women who's going to be on point and lobby for what we feel will bring us justice. And, and you know, to bring a contemporary on the political uh, uh, landscape, uh, we know that Trump did not win the popular vote. Uh, he, he won through the Electoral College. And uh, when they showed a map, most of the blacks uh, live in the urban uh, areas, the cities, um, and the rural areas, the farmland, so to speak, uh, is where where the red is. And so he won those uh, electoral um, college by winning that the rural areas. But also the Democratic Party, there's another, uh, I, I guess you would say part of the Democratic, I mean, not the Democratic, but the Republican Party, the Conservative Party. They call themselves the Tea Party. They call themselves yeah. the Tea Party. So, And even the groups like Alt-Right and this... Uh, Ultra conservatives, right? Of uh, that that believes that we think that Klan members and neo Nazis they are part of that that movement, and they want separation. So, uh, you know, on, uh, and we know where we stand as blacks, desiring of of separation. But is there uh, political will on the other side of the aisle, so to speak, <laughs> that 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 desiring? separation? Uh, let me address it like this, and I've been thinking as as the conversation has been going, you know, really uh, America or the United States is an idea that culminated in a certain type of political organization of people. Okay. okay? It, it was a different political organization when it was a colony. And then that, and they fought, and then they established a different type of political organization, and it started out as a federation, okay. you know, under the Articles of you know Confederation. Then it morphed into a republic, you know. So the political, the people don't have to go anywhere. Mm. Same people, same trees, same rivers, but the political organization can change, and it can change almost overnight. So a good example, and I had to turn to a page in my book, and if I could read just a brief paragraph on page 55, it says, 15 new countries became independent with the dissolution of the USSR in 1991. Most of these countries declared their independence a few months preceding the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991. So what you saw was a political organization that dismantled. It fell apart. Okay. And what happened in that pro all these all these different people who's, who began to see themselves as a nation, they say, well, we're free. We're independent. So you hear places like Armenia and Azerbaijan and Georgia, Kazakhstan. You hear these right. names in the in the in the in the news, Lithuania, Ukraine. Right. They were part of something else. Part of the Soviet bloc. Right. We used to look at the map, it was just all it's, colored in right. the Soviet Union. And we use it interchangeably, Soviet Union and Russia, but that wasn't quite right. accurate. So all now you have all of these new okay. independent countries. So now you have white people in the United States saying, well, we don't like the way this thing is structured now. Some people in Texas think, well, Texas should just be a country of its own. They got right, the, Repu right, the, the right, Republic right, of Texas, right? 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 And, and then you and, got and, the— and, and Texas used to be a nation. Exactly. Right. You know, so you that that's part of the history. Right. I think they talk about six flags flying over Texas. And if you go through that history of right. six flags, 
At one time, Texas was a separate right. republic. What if we woke up one morning and saw on the news, uh, Constitution of the United States uh, has been disavowed. Right. The structure of, Amer- of the United States has fallen apart. What are we going to do? Who are we? Well, we got to start thinking nation now. That's right. Before it happens. That's right. Because we could wake up one day and it's there. It's a reality. That's right. Well, you see, recently with the storms, um, Puerto Rico, and it came up in uh, the media about uh, Puerto Rico being a territory of the United States. I don't know if Trump knew (laughs) that it was a territory (laughs) or if he knew that the, the, the people of Puerto Rico are citizens of the United States. But they want either statehood or independence. Right. They don't even have statehood at this point. They don't have either one. Right? Yeah, they just they just basically a colony That's of the United are. States, you know. And I don't know if we know how Hawaii became a state or how Alaska became a state a state, or even how America grew to the West, you know, with manifest destiny being from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean. Um, these other um, territories, I think Louisiana was one of the territories, but I remember the movie Buck and the Preacher. Remember Buck and the Preacher? He, he was, they were blacks leading a, a group of blacks out of Louisiana, I think, going to California. And then they ran among Indians, and the Indians assisted them and really protected them to get through hostile territory from the whites that was chasing them to bring them back to the plantations they had fled from. But a, a lot of this history I don't remember learning in school and and how Mexico had outlawed slavery. And the reason they fought Texas to be, make Texas a state was to bring slavery into Texas. And then we, and, and then we don't know uh, how we should relate to our Mexican brothers and sisters. That's one thing that we should unite on. (laughs) We were free in Mexico, and we had slaves in America. So if we knew that history, then we'll better understand ourselves. We'll better understand uh, this whole concept of independence. And we'll understand our Latino brothers and sisters. Right. There's there's something in in, uh, putting this whole thing together that did a lot of research. It just occurred to me. Nobody has ever asked us, black people, what we want. Okay, they, mm-hmm. they, they got us on ships, they brought us here, and made us slaves. They didn't ask us, would you like to be a slave? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or would you like to go back home? They made us slaves. Right. And then it was, when they saw it in their best interest, they said, okay, now you're free. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked us anything. So... Uh, and I might segue to Brother Akbar on this. Uh, what if it got to the point where they say, what would y'all like to be? What would y'all like to do? I was thinking about that book you talked about, The Negotiation. Yes. You know, at some point we have to say what we want. Yes. <laughs> yes. Listen, I, I just have to say this about what you were saying. No one asked us, what do we want? That's what the book, The Negotiation, there was so much trouble that they say, well, why don't we have a referendum? Mm -hmm. But before this referendum takes place, people have to be educated. You got to explain to them what we're talking about, what we're doing. Don't just shoot from the hip and say, I don't want no separation, but what does it mean? I was just thinking about it. And then let them go to a vote. He mentioned Puerto Rico. Now is the time that Puerto Rico should strike a blow for independence. There's three and a half million people there. There's about... Five million in the diaspora, Puerto Rican, mainly in America. They can go back home, form their own government, and they can function like any other independent colony or, I mean, excuse me, country in the Caribbean. At this time, I want to take a break and take a moment. Uh, take a break. Um, one of the things that we want to get to before our time run out is um, my car keys on how they can acquire y'all y'all literature. Yes, sir. You know, how, so how they can contact you? You know, how could they acquire your book, um, A Case for Separation? And we want to hear from Brother Akbar. How, how could they acquire your book and your literature if you have any contact information? So uh, I would like to start with, with you, Brother Attorney. Okay. Um, how could uh, we acquire A Case for Separation? Okay, we have uh, several outlets. 
Uh, one, it's available on Amazon. Okay. Amazon.com. You can just type in a case for separation or my name, uh, Warren F. Muhammad. Uh, I also have a website, a clear and convincing evidence.com. Okay. That's the website. So you can obtain it through the website. And uh, if you see me anywhere, okay. I keep I keep them <laughs> with me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so honored and and appreciate and, and thankful to Brother Agbar because in his tour mm-hmm. as he traveled, he has carried the book with him also okay. and, and made the book available on his tour. And uh, inshallah, they will become available. On uh, nationproduct.com, <laughs> look out for it, and uh, definitely on our on our on our social media pages, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we share those ads, right. and uh, we'll share your ads um, if you post it, and we're friends on so- social media, we'll we'll post your ads, and also brother Akbar, uh, uh, we friends on social media. Social media is a new new platform that we that we're taking advantage of. That's right. And uh, we would like to continue to to network and share one another's ads on social media. And I, I um, encourage the audience to do the same. You know, if, if you're watching us, uh, uh, listening to us, share the, pro- the Business Building Box podcast with your friends, uh, with your followers on social media, and let's begin that discussion. You know, because others is not, they, they're not going to put that on the table if it's not in their best interest. We have to put things on the table that's in our best interest. It brings me back to politics without economics, uh, simple without substance. Uh, that was the lecture I came in on under the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And it makes so much sense that we have to uh, put together a black agenda and put our interests and fight and advocate for our interest, not just vote, but be intelligent and vote our best interest. Uh, so, Brother Akbar, we would like for you to tell us about your book that you authored and how could we acquire it. Okay. First, uh, those who are listening in the audience, if you have your um, cell phone, I'm going to give you a phone number that you can put in an order for the book. Um, the uh, young lady who will answer, she'll take your name an address, and either your email, and we will text you um, a message and uh, where you will send a mailing address, and we'll tell you how to pay for it. We're not uh, on Amazon as of yet, uh, so we're uh, our first printing just came out last week, so we're selling them direct to the public as we tour the country. So if you'd write this number down, 314-498-498. 8260. That's 314-498-8260. And you can inquire. We'll tell you how to order the book. Now, the book, I put this book out because I'm working on a bigger book. uh, And it's uh, really my autobiography. And being that I joined the nation at 18 and I'm now 75, the whole book is about my journey in the nation of Islam. I know that I've been blessed, and I thank Allah for the blessing. Came through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who sent me on my first overseas trip to be with the minister in the Caribbean. And then Imam Muhammad, who sent me on my first trip in 1976 to Africa, Europe, and uh, Turkey, and the Middle East. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who gave me an opportunity to organize his world tours, set up the countries, and visas and the travel and so forth and we circle the world three times and uh, in my book I write about it but this book is my 12 years in Africa and uh, the articles that I wrote the stories that I wrote about how Africa impacted me personally and that my love affair with the beautiful African continent with over a billion people uh, tremendously rich Uh, people who were willing to work hard and struggle to make a living uh, on a land that's rich enough to support whatever they want to do, but has been abused and misused by the colonial masters, both the natural resources and the human resources uh, on that continent. And this book is like short stories all about Africa, and I'm sure if you get a copy, you 
will enjoy it. And the title, uh, Africa and the World Revisited? That's right. So again, it's uh, Africa and the World Revisited by Akbar Muhammad. And um, Brother Attorney Warren, your book is uh, A Case for Separation, a collection of lectures and writings by Dr. Warren F. Muhammad, attorney and judge. Um, thank you all for coming on. We do have a, a little more time we can continue, but I definitely wanted to get that out. I think also you have tours, uh, 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 is it trade uh, expeditions? Trade, trade delegations. Trade delegations. And the, Could you talk about those? The brothers and sisters in the audience who are listening to us, um, we take uh, two delegations to Africa every year, one in December, first part of December for the before the Christmas holidays start, and one at the end of the school year, usually the last weekend in June into the first weekend of July. Uh, right now, we're focusing on trade delegations because we want to get the brothers and sisters in our community in particular, but we take anybody, right. but uh, who have a small business, who want to look at a business in Africa, or who have, have a profession, uh, who want to get into teaching, into law, into medicine and do some work abroad, which gives a life experience and gives you an opportunity to see Africa. And uh, that same number that I gave you, if you want information about the trips, our next trip is very close. We leave on December the 7th, return on the 17th, but up until November the 15th, you can still go on that trip if you act right away. And the number that I gave you, 314-498-8200. Six zero, they will give you the information of how you can get involved. A trade delegation is that we go to a government, we meet with people in business, we meet with, the, say, the minister of planning, the minister of education, of health, of agriculture, and we talk to them about what we want to do in terms of business. Or we want to set up a business in that country, or we want to uh, export some items from that country that we can sell in the American market. And uh, we have a, a consultant firm that if you have a business idea, we have uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Youssef Mohammed, who is really an expert how to mm-hmm. access capital, how to get grants to travel abroad, and so forth. And so when you have him on the show the next time, mm-hmm. I think an opportunity to get that wealth of knowledge of how to do it, uh, he has it. And he can share it with the brothers and sisters. And he is the owner of uh, American Business TV. Yes, he is. Uh, definitely, um, we would like to network with Yusuf Muhammad uh, and further this discussion on uh, independence uh, and economic development and international trade. Absolutely. Uh, we, we definitely want to get that information out. Again, look up, Google him, uh, American Business TV. American Business TV. So we have uh, about 15 minutes left. We'd like to get back into it if if you have time. Okay. Um actually we're going to we're going to uh we're going to wind down. Uh but uh do you have any closing remarks that you like to give uh brother Attorney Warren and then brother Akbar? Uh <clears throat> I would just like to say I I would, uh, to the listening audience, I hope that we can start the dialogue, start the communication about separation. Okay. Uh, That's really why I put the book together. Not that we're going to separate tomorrow, but we need to start talking about this. And and, and hopefully people won't just make a knee-jerk reaction to it but analyze it, tear it apart, study it, research it, you know, subject it to critical analysis, and let's start to to, to talk about it. And uh, if you will contact me, my email is wfmohammed at mac.com. I'd be available for any type of groups or organizations that would like to have me come and present uh, what we have in the book and at least be a part of that conversation. Okay. Brother, uh, Brother Akbar? Well, I just want to second what he said. We have to have this discussion. And that's one of the reasons that I've been focusing on Africa. Uh, we have a sister who 
uh, talks about us getting some land here in America. Um, the Republic of New Africa started. They targeted Mississippi, and they wanted to see people move back to the South, take up residency, and and then go for the vote and capture a state. If you, that's the direction, but we have to discuss it. And so I focused on Africa because I realized that a lot of our people do not have a knowledge of Africa, uh, have no real interest in it because of the way Africa has been projected to the public. And so they just, they tune it out. So I want to bring it back to the table so we can discuss it just in case Africa will be our next destination. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I would like to thank both of you for coming out and, and, and giving value to our podcast. Uh, this is our 26th episode. We've only been doing this about six months. Uh, my son, uh, Wazir, came to me because he's in the entertainment in the industry. And uh, he said that all of the artists have their own, and, and, and famous actors, they have their own podcast now. So why don't we uh, partner up, and uh, then you can talk about economic, because I've always worked in the Ministry of Trade and Commerce, within the mosque, uh, the Nation of Islam, one of the ministries that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan established, one of the nine ministries uh, for nation building. Right. And uh, so I'm, I'm preaching to my children and, and to my wife at home. He's, and they, they, they encourage me they listen, to you know, <laughs> set up a modern means and method using technology to get the message across. So in the work that Brother Jesse Muhammad is doing, with the Nation of Islam in terms of social media, it's really been uh, my influence. Uh, my, 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 uh, he really influenced me and, and motivated me. He's been my inspiration to do this. You know, use modern technology and use media when oftentimes we didn't have access to media. So now we can set up our own through social media, our own platforms, and uh, we can do our own networking. So, again, thank you very much. And those in the audience, uh, again, we're on SoundCloud.com. That's the platform for our podcast, which is audio. But you can see us also in video on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. I think we have a Twitter page as well. So we, we're on all those platforms. And, again, share the episode with your, with your followers and your friends. And let's spread around. And if there's a black business uh, out there, uh, let's let's share their ad. For one thing, if you're in business, one a sign of of no sign is a sign of no business. No, that's right. <laughs> right, a business without a sign is a sign of no business. That's true. So let's let's put out an ad and let's share the ad and let's circulate that dollar. Also, we didn't talk much about it. Right. Let's circulate the dollar among us. Uh, in our community, and we can empower ourselves economically. You know, let's give reparations to ourselves first. Right. If others refuse to give us reparations, let's give it now. So uh, I would like to thank you and thank you in the audience, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>